Well, the reoccurring piece on that from trust and other episodes we've done is people want that environment to where they are going to feel safe. They feel seen, heard. They feel like their voice is appreciated and they can actually contribute without fear or risk of humiliation, even losing their job, something like that. So... The important thing I think we need to highlight is empathy is not pleasing people. It's not playing Mr. Nice Guy. It's not playing Mr. Nice Guy necessarily. It's not doing things to please them or conjole them to do something a certain way. It's it's about understanding, being sympathetic to their... Their plight in life, or where they are in life, or how they might have made a mistake or misunderstood something that was said that was important to then drive their behavior, those type things. Right. Is being empathetic, but you're not being a people pleaser necessarily. Welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. We're very excited that you made that great decision to join us today. We hope your day and your week is going well at whatever point it is that you're listening to this. But I'm Andy McDowell, one of the co-hosts, and joining me is... Zach Levy, your other co-host. Andy, as always, it's great to be here. Good uh, to absolutely. See you. Absolutely. I get uh, a lot of enjoyment doing these things for, for people in this world, hoping to generate some value in their lives. It's a nice, uh, bright, sunny morning here in Atlanta, Georgia, where we're based. Uh, we hope it's great weather wherever you are. But let's go ahead and get started. Our episode today is on, last week we talked about trust, one word, to fill up a whole episode. Today we're going to re- repeat that theme, and the word for today is empathy. Talk about empathy in business, the role that it plays, the importance of it, and how it could be a differentiator for you as a leader whether you own a business or in the corporate world or wherever it might be, leadership in your life, empathy can differentiate uh, you from the rest of the world, so to speak. So it's an important topic to discuss today. So first, before we get into empathy in business, we need to define exactly what empathy is in general. So empathy is the ability to identify and understand another's situations, feelings, motives, and I like to dig deeper and go into their why. What yes. makes them tick? Yes. Because when you understand, particularly that last word you said in the sentence, right? What's their motives? To truly understand how you can be empathetic in the right way. Empathy right. is multifaceted. To be 
empathetic in the right way, you have to understand a person's purpose in life, their motives, anything that helps to understand how what drives their behavior and their performance will help you to then turn around and be empathetic in their journey, so to speak, whether it's in their career or their life. Right. So let's start talking about what does empathy look like in business? Right. It's a, just like the word love. It can be used as a noun or it can be used as a, as a verb. You know, so whenever we're using it as a verb, it's an, it's an action item, right? There's something being done to be empathetic, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what is, what are the, what is the action version of empathetic look like in business? I'd say, if, I mean, overarching is, not treating the people in your organization like like a number, like a robot, not like a machine, right? Getting to know them, getting to know, like we said, what are their motives, what makes them tick? Yes, human beings have emotions. Right. Right. And that's the important, important word there is emotions and why we don't want to treat them as robots. And also human beings are not perfect. Not even, no, right. no. no, not even close, right? So we all make mistakes. We all don't do things the proper way at times. You know, our behavior being d- driven by our emotions at times leads us to do some actions that maybe we regret, <laughs> want to take, take back later in life. And so, you know, to be a leader with empathy and to understand that about human beings, it takes you a long way in developing a connection with the employee. Right. And, one of the best ways I'd describe empathy is kind of that golden rule of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. As a as a leader, putting yourself in those who you lead shoes. Right. Being able to see it from their perspective is huge. Not just... Well, that's half the journey of being empathetic, right? Is to right. understand, try and put yourself in their shoes and what might be driving their comments, their actions, their behaviors... Right. Trying to figure out, you know, what they're willing to do, what they're not willing to do, how much risk they're willing to take in certain areas, their work ethic, what kind of coaching they best respond to, so on and so forth. Well, Um, I think one of the important words that will be recurring in our conversation today is the word safety. Yeah. Safe. Creating creating a safe environment for the people that are on your team and that you're leading and so forth by showing empathy in your words and actions helps to create that safe environment. Well, the reoccurring piece on that from trust and other episodes we've done is people want that environment to where they are going to feel safe. They feel seen, heard. They feel like their voice is appreciated and they can actually contribute without fear or risk of, humiliation, mm-hmm. even losing their job, right. something like that. So the important thing I think we need to highlight is empathy is not pleasing people. It's not playing Mr. Nice Guy. It's not playing Mr. Nice Guy necessarily. It's not doing things to please them or conjole them to do something a certain way. It's it's about understanding, being sympathetic to their their plight in life or where they are in life or how they might have made a mistake or misunderstood something that was said that was important to then drive their behavior, those type things. 
Right. Is being empathetic, but you're not being a people pleaser necessarily. Well, and if I can, you know, give an example in business here, I was actually talking with a great business leader last night, actually, about this. And the words they used were, if you care about the success of your people, you've got to be hard on them. Mm -hmm. Most people hear that and, you know, oh, you don't want to be too hard on your people, scare them away. Well, if, if you're bought in and you're empathetic and your people know that, it goes back to the trust factor we talked about last week, right? And you say, you know, Andy, you told me that you wanted to do, accomplish X, right? And you told me that you wanted to accomplish X because you don't want your family to struggle like you have in the past or you don't want this or you want that. Whatever their motives are, like we talked about in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to say your actions and what you're doing right now is not leading you to that. Right? That's actually true empathy. We're saying, oh, no, Andy, it's, it's fine. You're doing just fine. You're doing great. It's all rainbows and unicorns. And then they well, completely fail. It's actually the exact opposite. It's letting them fail. Whereas going a little bit harder with coaching on them. And but them knowing that it's from an empathetic point and they trust that that you're helping them to get to their goal that's overall going to contribute to the organization's goal. That's really what empathy is all about in business. Yeah. Well, how many times have we talked on this podcast about learning lessons? Right. Right. If if an employee makes a mistake, you could be empathetic on how maybe they had had the wrong information in their head or didn't understand something was said, but that they then use that information for their behavior or their decision-making, mm-hmm. but it was incorrect. So you can be empathetic on how a person got to that point, but still make a hard decision that they're going to have a learning lesson from in hopes of changing their behavior, as opposed to, as you just said, no, it's okay, yada, yada, yada. They're not going to learn a lesson out of that. It's not going to change their behavior if you just let it pass. Right. But you can still be empathetic on how they got themselves to that point and state that. Helps to build with the credibility in your relationship, build trust uh, in that relationship. And you're more likely to see change in their behavior or decision making because of that. So empathy is somewhat of a fine, fine line. Right. And for a leader, it also, it's going to help one coach and motivate from a good point or a good perspective, a healthy perspective, but also allow a leader to understand the struggles of their, of their tribe that they're leading, being able to understand, okay, why is, why is Jill over here struggling, right? Why is she not performing what's going on and being able to dig in to have that coaching conversation to correct that? Yeah, if you got a team of 10 people that you're asking all 10 people to do the same thing, and half of them are very successful and knocking it out of the park, and then you've got two that are sort of in the middle, and then you got three stragglers at the end. Well, why why are they struggling? Just like right. you said, why are they struggling? And are you having the conversations with empathy to understand their their viewpoints or what's going on in their life or in the in their work life or whatever? Right to help them then be successful and turn it around for themselves. Mm-hmm. If you just go in with a two by four and start hitting them overhead, you're not <laughs> performing. And if you don't, 
get your act together in two weeks, you're out the door. Right. There's not much of a motivator. Well, that's a boss. For one. Right. <laughs> Nobody likes a boss. No. And you get into those organizations where you have managers that do that. Mm-hmm. Start getting that high turnover rate and at the in the best case scenario, growth stagnates. Best case. Mom. Gonna have turnover. You might you might be a boss that has an attitude of, well, if you don't work out, I've got somebody right behind you that'll fill. Right. Again, treating them like a number of robot. Exactly. It's doable. You can you can lead an organization like that, but what does that do for your brand? What does that do for your team? Right. You know, it's a demotivator for for people on the team that are doing well, but they're just like living a life of fear and saying, well, if I don't keep pushing, pushing, pushing and delivering, doing and delivering, then that's me going out the door without mm-hmm. any signs of empathy for what might be going on in my life. And then with the with the talks with, I mean, peer-to-peer, leader-to-peer, I mean, it's going to create a conversation, not just talking at. Right, being right. able to, if you will, quote unquote, see eye to eye, and be on the same level to talk about the issues at hand. Some of the you know the best leaders I know don't necessarily see themselves as better than anybody else. They are just able to talk from their perspective because they have more experience and they've been there. Mm-hmm. But when you dig down to it, their point of view is: I'm no better than the person I'm coaching. I've just reached a point. To where I know how to get them there. Right. So being able to not be on a pedestal, step down, be on the same level and have a conversation. I know in the different teams that I've led over the years, it's that seemed to be the most effective form of leadership. Of course, it's the coaching leadership mixed with servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Well, empathy, with the trust episode last week, we talked about trust being on that lever and that scale. Right. Empathy is the same way, with the exception that with trust, we want to slide it all the way to the right as much as we can. But with empathy, you sort of want to keep it in the middle. Right. You don't want to have no empathy and be the boss and have a high rate of turnover and so forth. But you don't want to be so far over on the right-hand side that all of a sudden you're becoming the people pleaser. Right. And so forth. So with empathy, you sort of want it in the middle as opposed to all the way over the right with trust. From that perspective, you want to balance. And if you can keep it in the middle, it gets recognized by your team and it helps to slide trust over to right. the right to have the empathy in the way that you lead and have conversations with your team. So now that we understand empathy on a deeper level, especially in business, I mean... We've hit on a few already, but really highlighting the major benefits of empathy in business, mm-hmm. right? Of course, we, we talked about building the relationships, creating a safe space, but what are the results of those, right? Right. What's our, what's our ROI? What, what, if we're trying to build empathy within our culture and our, and our business, what, what do we get as a return on that? Right. Investment. So first, using that safe space that's created, right, by creating an empathetic, trusting environment is is a catalyst, is a is the fuel for a 
creative environment, an innovative environment. I mean, think of a, an organization where everybody's allowed to contribute their thoughts and actions because saying two heads are better than one, well, 10 heads may be better than two. Right. Right. Because perspective is everything. So one person may have a perspective on a product or a service that the other didn't see that hole in that plan. And if everybody's working together to perfect this and they're not afraid to speak up, you get a much more effective product service. Well, this is, this is where that word safety comes back into play, right? right? If you're creating a safe environment where people are allowed to make mistakes, you need that to have a create creative and innovative mm -hmm. culture. Because you're, you're testing, you're probing, you're trying new ideas, and those ideas may not work out, or right. they may partially work out, or whatever that may be. You need to have that kind of safe environment for creativity and innovation to live within your organization. And part of building a culture of safety is trust and empathy. That's a big part of the reason why we're trying to emphasize it with having separate, separate episodes to talk about those two words. And what we talked about on trust last week as well, something else that also ties in is the the organization, the individuals within the organization being bought into the why of the organization. Mm -hmm. When you have that space, safe space, they feel like they're contributing. It gives them a mental piece of ownership. Yes. Absolutely. So increased productivity is another part of that. Well, it also helps to drive where that creativity, innovation, that energy, if you will, if you will. Right. Where Where is that going to be focused? You know, it's somewhat of a litmus test to say, okay, here's an idea. Okay, does it fit the why? Yes or no? If it's a no, then throw it in the waste can or put it on the shelf and move on to other ideas that, that do fit right in that, in that bullseye of the why, so to speak. Right. What about customer service? I mean, if, if you show empathy right to your people you you know i've always heard the saying that that whole verbiage the customer's always right is not always right mm -hmm. that if you treat your employees well you take into their consideration they're going to treat your customers well right if you're empathetic with them they're going to pass that on to the customer mm -hmm. right so if it is a true service model they're going to provide better service. They're going to be more empathetic to the customer's needs as well. So provide the better overall service. But if it's a product line, there's going to be more quality control, I would imagine. Increased sales. More, I'd say more customer loyalty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a customer calls you up with a complaint or a problem with the product that they bought from your company. Mm-hmm. You're on the telephone. You can't see them. You can't see the product itself. Right. You can start off with an empathetic statement to say, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Right. That may be the only ep empathetic statement that you state in the whole conversation, but just the fact that you showed some empathy all of a sudden, that trust level being, is being built up between you and the customer for the whole rest of the well, conversation. And empathy with a customer so huge, I mean... Being in different types of sales, I've had to deal with these kind of calls, mm -hmm. right? And it is amazing how disarming the words, Mr. McDowell, 
I'm so sorry that happened to you, and I completely understand how you feel. Yes. I see you, right? I right. see I see how that might drive some of your emotions right now, your frustration, your pain, whatever it right. may be to say. If that happened, In essence, you're kind of saying, I can hear it in your voice. Right. You know, kind of standpoint, and you're correct. It's totally disarming. It's like, okay, somebody sees me. Somebody sees me. If this was right. a simple statement. And, you know, I've had instances where part of my team may have passed an issue like that off to me mm-hmm. and I get the result that they were going for. I go, how'd you do that? It's all about being empathetic. Right. People want to be seen, heard. And most of the time when an irate customer calls in, they want to be seen or heard. That's all it takes. It's not, you know, fighting fire with fire. That just increases the flame. <laughs> right. So that that's huge. And if you treat your employees with that, it's going to teach them by example, by doing, so they're going to pass that on in service. Yeah, we all know, we've talked about <laughs> many times about how your actions as a leader, you know, just like a, a young child watches the parent, from that perspective, employees watch the leader, and if the leader's modeling that behavior, then there's a great tendency that they incorporate it themselves and pass it on right to either their other work colleagues within the company or to the customers if they're in direct connection with customers. Well, then that creates a tribal culture, right? Mm-hmm. And so from there, if you have an organization that has that empathetic culture from top to bottom, from bottom to top to customer to peer, mm-hmm. right? Call it to kind of use a John Maxwell leadership phraseology, but empathy 360. Mm-hmm. right leadership 360 is actually one of my favorite books to read on leadership but side note but that's gonna then lead to an advantage in the marketplace you're gonna stand out yeah because of the culture right and the brand i mean it, trust and empathy are big builders are a big part of a brand right from that perspective so that's only going to help you create that competitive advantage and market value for your company out there mm-hmm. in the end. And that's not well understood out there no. in the world. You know, when, when you're out there competing and you think it's a dog eat dog kind of world and so forth, the last thing that pops in your mind is trust and empathy. Well, especially if all you're focused on is your bottom line. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I can't return that because that's going to be loss of profit. I mean, you're, it's the price versus cost proposition when it comes to empathy. Yeah. What about productivity? I mean, if people feel bought in, they don't feel forced to work. They're choosing to work. Right. Well, this goes back to our last week's episode on trust, right? Right. Trust and empathy create a safe environment. Gets employees engaged, creates greater loyalty amongst the team, and all of a sudden you have that safe environment, and with the speed of trust, all of a sudden things are getting done quicker and quicker and quicker. Right. And therefore productivity in amongst the working teams, this goes up, which can only lead to better pricing out in the marketplace because you're driving down expenses from the higher level of productivity. Right. More fit. Yeah. Can't talk efficiency. Collaboration. Yeah. All from what we're 
some people label as soft skills out there in business of trust right. and empathy. Don't don't trust the word soft. No. And they, they, I mean, they make a major impact on the business, so there's nothing, quote, soft, unquote, about him. Right. And, I mean, referring back to an episode we did, well, well back there, empathy is a huge difference between a warrior mindset and a fighter mindset in business. Yeah, so going back to the episode, warrior versus fighter, love versus fear. Right. As a basis of life and decision-making and so forth. Well, a key key tool besides love on the warrior side is empathy. Mm-hmm. can make a huge difference uh, in your ability to lead people and get all the, you know, what we're talking about here is the benefits of empathy and in terms of loyalty and safety and productivity. All these benefits you get comes from empathy. And... Empathy is is one of the big things is different in that warrior versus fighter and that the warrior has empathy and the fighter doesn't. You know, fighter is the boss. We were mm-hmm. talking about earlier in this episode, right? If you have no emp- empathy, you're, you're leading through fear and you're just trying to get the job done, bring in the money, you know, make profits and so forth at whatever cost. That's the main driver in this. Right care less what happens to the team or their feelings or anything else. It's just move on. We've got targets to hit, profit mm-hmm. targets, got to please Wall Street, yada, yada, yada. And that's a fighter mentality. Right. And I mean, we talked already, I mean, about the engagement we're going to get from this. Mm-hmm. Right. But then going back to what we were talking about with just empathy in the beginning is understanding an ind- individual's motivation. Right. Understanding the individual and what right. motivates them, right? Right. That's a sign of empathy to try and say, that's important right. to me in well, understanding an individual. I mean, Andy, you know, I'd kind of like you to chip in with what we were talking about pre-recording mm-hmm. of when you were hiring, when you were with Boeing, right? Okay. What What were some of the major questions you asked, just for example, to to make sure you were hiring the right people. Yeah, so our discussion was around the fact of, is empathy teachable? You know, we, we, we talked about emotional intelligence a few episodes right. ago, and em, emotional intelligence is something that can be worked on, grown within an individual and so forth. But the research has shown out there with empathy, it's difficult to do. Right. There's much more of a basis, if you will, on people being naturally born with empathy or not. Right. From that standpoint. And so, with that being the case, if empathy is important for you and your culture, you're going to have to hire it. Since you don't have as much of an ability to train and teach it to people like you can with emotional intelligence and some other soft skills, if you will, within the workplace. So... Our discussion was about how, okay, how do you go about looking for it? How can you hire for it? You know, because we, we get into laws and legal sides about what you can ask a, a person personally or about their personal selves in the hiring. And you have to sort of walk that fine line. So how, how can you do it? For me, passion in the business mm-hmm. was important. So the end of my interviews being in the aviation world, I was asking some questions that sort of elicited answers to help me to understand their passion for aviation. Trying to get to the fact of, are you here just to collect a paycheck? 
this just happens to be a job that fits your skill set and you're just here to collect a paycheck and move on? Or does aviation get you out of bed in the morning? That's the type of person that I want to be a member of my team. So you can gear some questions in, in a general way on an empathy side as well. You know, how important is it to you to get to know your work colleagues? Are they just a body that sits in a chair next to you, or, or is it important to you to feel like you're part of the team and understand them as right. individuals? Might be a general general enough question you can ask without getting yourself into trouble that might help you right. to understand um, whether they have some empathy built into themselves and their personality. I mean, that was that's always been one of my biggest things now more than anything. I mean, we... We lead a team of independent contractors, basically. Mm -hmm. And if I'm pouring my, you know, my time into them, I want to know what their purpose is. Because if they're just after money, it's usually not going to work out long term. Yeah, I think it would also be important to you want to understand if they're sitting at the kitchen table with a potential client. Are they... Bringing an attitude of non-judgment and empathy to right. wherever that potential client's sitting at that moment with their personal finances right. and their job and other things that contribute to the overall health of the family unit. Right. Is that something they're naturally bringing to that conversation right from the get-go and create that level of safety in the conversation with a potential client? Right. And come from come at it from a nurturing standpoint, mm -hmm. a helping standpoint that Supportive. has to be empathetic. Mm -hmm. So those are major questions, you know, and then what is their why that's going to drive them? Mm -hmm. So empathy can really, in my opinion, make or break a leader in business. It can make or break an organization. Absolutely. You know, we've this, these past, this week and last week, we've talked about two words, two singular words. Mm-hmm that are foundational in leadership that have a massive, massive impact. So we can see the benefits that are going to come from that. And, you know, if you're not an empathetic person, it's often, again, like we talked about, it's so multifaceted that it's, it's really hard to teach. Right. It is. And, you know, it's one of those things, it's not black and white, but a lot of the times it's you have it or you don't. Yeah, I think um, a leader modeling it in their own behavior right. is a better teacher for empathy than it is conversations. Yeah. And for our audience, if you're listening and you've had the high turnover and you're leading an organization or you're a business owner that you're going, why am I not getting the results? It, it may be time to self-reflect and see, am I practicing empathy to create a safe space mm -hmm. or am I just get the job done? I don't care at what cost. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have a family issue. Sorry, you're taking too much time off. You're fired. Right. So and this might be a good point to talk about. Why is empathy so right? So hard. Why is it not done more in business? Well, I think you already hit on one. Is it 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 is hard to demonstrate, especially if you're a leader that it's kind of an old school style of management. Just hard knocks. Just get it done. Changing that leadership style, I wouldn't even call that a leadership style, dictator style, to show empathy, it's hard to demonstrate in an organization unless you just are naturally an empathetic person. 
Yeah, and it's difficult to find. Like we talked about that balance, right? We want the mm-hmm. we want the empathy letter to be in the middle, you right. know. And it takes practice in your leadership trying different things to find out where that middle is. When where is that line where you feel like you're going over too much and now you're pleasing people? Right. And where is that line where you're not showing enough empathy and you're not getting the results you want from your team? Right. And it takes some practice trying different things to figure out where in your mind is that point. What kinds of things can you do with empathy to get you in that middle point? Right. And it's not just a simple light switch, zero one kind of thing. It takes practice even on your part as a leader to figure out where that is as you're trying to model it for others. Right. It's kind of like if you've never tuned a guitar, it's really hard to get it just dead on the mm-hmm. first time. Right. Right. I remember when I played a lot, I mean, when I first got into it, and I'm sure you can relate as much as you play, but the first time trying to tune your own guitar, <laughs> it was frustrating as heck. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way empathy is, is trying to figure out how am I not Mr. Nice Guy, but how am I not just a jerk in finding that middle ground like we talked right, about? Well, part, part of the hard part of tuning a guitar, right, is you you think you got one string right where it is, and then you start going to tighten up another string, and in that tightening, you know, with the con- constriction, if you will, on right. the guitar, all of a sudden that puts the string you just had tuned out of right. tune. Because the guitar is being more and more pressed from the right. tension on the on all those strings, yeah, right. So again, the multifaceted. You go through piece. one pass and think you got everything, but you need to go through with a second pass and retest every right. string because it could have changed through the process. Again, getting into this is multifaceted. This mm-hmm. one word has different sides, but then another point is for a long time empathy is it, it's not so much today i think we're kind of coming around in modern society to see empathy as a strength but mm-hmm. for a very long time empathy has been seen as a weakness you're showing you're soft yeah we went through culture and society in the mid 1900s and so forth sort of the Mar- marlboro man right sitting very stoic up on the horse with his cigarette hanging out of his mouth and cowboy hat on and so forth and right you know, that individualistic kind of mindset, right? Mm-hmm. That you're your own man and, and you have to take charge and always look out for number one, always looking out for number one and so forth. And so empathy was seen very much as weakness. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of guys still struggle with this because the pride thing, they don't want to be seen as weak and not to dig on anybody, but I think. As we've come to a state of equality in our in our society, right, between male and female, I think I've seen a lot of women in business. I mean, women are typically the female tendency is to be more empathetic, to have that nurturing, mm-hmm. motherly nature. Right. And I think a lot of women in business have actually overcorrected to try to be that leader in business. I've seen it in organizations I've worked in in the past when I had female bosses Mm -hmm. that you would expect to be a little bit more empathetic naturally. Mm -hmm. But instead, they were just, they were harsh. They didn't have a relationship with any of the, especially when it came to a relationship with a male employee, 
there was no empathy or understanding there in a lot of cases. Yeah, which may be a product of the culture of the company as well as a, a product of society. Right. So they don't want to be seen as weak because now it's a female in a man's world to use that terminology. Mm-hmm. And they've got to stand up and prove themselves. And so the empathy then goes out the window where it should be there for both roles. Well, that's why we talk a lot about on this podcast about finding balance and having strong muscles relative to logical, right. you know, the mind kinds of things, as well as the, the emotional side. Mm-hmm. And between men and women, we each come to the table with different strengths. So one has to work on one area and build that muscle, and the other one has to work on a different area right. and build that muscle. And I think that's what society and business is grappling with right now is that they at least have an understanding of that now, but how can we start working on those various pieces and see that as a strength instead mm-hmm. of a weakness? Right. And I think a lot of businesses, again, focus so much on results and their bottom line and production numbers that they miss talking about empathy. They miss figuring out how exactly their employees feel or how their teams feel about a certain certain project or certain system being implemented. Takes work. Right. Takes a lot of work to go down that path, right? You know, it's a lot easier just to I was I was thinking about this a lot since our last episode, particularly when you look at energy levels within a human being, right? Mm-hmm. So love and the feelings that are around love are at a much higher emotional vibration or state for human beings. And shame and the other ones that are built off of fear, much lower states of energy. So it's it's easy. Mm-hmm. Those lower states that are based off of fear is much easier for human beings because it doesn't take a lot of energy. But if you want to go over the the hump of courage, like we've talked about, and get into those higher levels of state of love, that takes more work, that takes more right. energy for us to naturally get there from that standpoint. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you're quote, loving an employee or demonstrating love and care and concern for the employee, which then allows you to trust and empathy, you've got to use a lot of energy. You've right. got to do some work. Mm-hmm. To get yourself to that point, it's a lot easier just to come in and say, okay, team, we've got to reach these goals, get at it. Let's do it. Be that boss. Right. And not not treat employees with love, but to come from more of a fear base that we got to get it done, we got to get it done, we got to get the numbers, we got to please Wall Street, got to please the CEO, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. That's a lot easier to do from an energy level than to spend the time to get to know your team and your people to the point that you can demonstrate trust and empathy and create a safe environment and really get the productivity and great customer service that that you're looking for. That takes a lot of work and energy. Well, just like with a lot of things, it's front-end sacrifice for an investment that'll pay off. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to flip a quick buck Instead of investing long term. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big reason this isn't talked about um, or prevalent in the work workplace. Yeah. Well. What about the, the doggy dog world? Right. Within business. Again, if I don't make um, it, 
at all costs, then they're going to make it. Um, but, you know, what's my end goal coming in? I want to I want to get promoted. I want to mm-hmm. work up the chain. It gives me a bigger salary. allows me to do more things in life. It's human nature from that standpoint. But you're not going to model or show a lot of empathy if you're putting other people ahead of you mm-hmm. when your goal is to make, make yourself uh, be or help yourself be in a better spot within the company. Right. With more responsibilities, accountabilities, and therefore getting a higher paycheck allows you to do more things with your family. Right. That's that's easier to do. Going to back what we just said two, three minutes ago. But that's part of our society as well. Put yourself first and so forth. So to I mean, to kind of take us home on this, if you're not naturally empathetic as a leader. No, believe there's books on everything, but this is part of you know self development as a leader as well. This is probably, as you put it, Andy, one of the hardest muscles to work if mm-hmm. you don't if you're not naturally strong there, mm-hmm. right? It's one of the problem areas, if you will. I think for a lot of people, I think there's far more people that are naturally just results driven and technical that just want the end result and it's harder to be empathetic especially fast-paced business environment in today's society everything's faster paced everything's more connected everything's via technology so there's not as much as the of the human touch right and then you add to the complexity of trying to find where that middle point that balances in it right it's one to, one thing to understand the playing field in where where that sliding scale is, it's another to find where is that appropriate point that brings balance to for yourself and your own job and your promotability and so forth, but also show the empathy to your team to allow them to be successful without taking too much time away from yourself. Right. Right. And what you what you need to accomplish as a leader, where is that fine balance or tipping point? if you will, in the middle. And that takes a lot of work just unto itself, let alone building that empathy muscle within yourself. Right. To add to it. And so a quote I've always used, I love that you put this in here, Andy, is from Teddy Roosevelt that nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're, by far the greatest expert on a topic in the room, you say, no, this is the way you do it. Until somebody sees that you're telling them how to do something from a point of empathy or from a caring point, from a helpful standpoint, not for your own personal gain, right? Then your expertise doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's almost sort of a what's in it for me. Right kind of basis that your employees are going to have is that's all fine and wonderful and good for you. Mm -hmm. You have all that expertise, but I'm here as well in this journey Mm -hmm. with you. And do you care that I have that kind of same knowledge? Do you care that maybe I have more knowledge than you do in the subject, even though you know a lot Right on the subject? Do you care about my success? Mm-hmm. Do you care that I feel like I'm a team member on this team? Right. You know, I could go on and on with 100 or 200 of those points. Do you care about this? Do you care about that? 
empathy and trust is the way that you show to the employees that you do. And then all of a sudden, then they start caring about how much you know, because the, the hope is that through your trust and empathy, you're going to be sharing that with them and help them to grow as an individual. Right. From that standpoint. And then it becomes much more of a team environment instead of it's you versus right. me. And then when you bring somebody into an environment or a culture that is empathetic, that is caring, it just breeds more. Yeah, hopefully it becomes so, embedded within your culture. Right. If you it's have part enough, of the brand, like you said. If you're a CEO and you have an executive team, if you have, have done a great job of hiring those people and bringing it in, and they're showing empathy throughout what they do and their leadership, and then the hope is that it just permeates or filters down through the rest of the yep rest of the of the business to the point that it's a core value that lives within your business yep. and then gives you a competitive advantage out there in the marketplace all because of a soft skill <laughs> i really hate the fact that it's labeled as a soft skill right it's a soft skill that pulls a, pulls a lot of punches so to speak for your business right if you can if you can make it a core value within your your culture and your business and, and your brand. If it's labeled a soft skill, it's like that critical landing pad for stuntmen job, jumping off the top of a building. Yeah. If it's a soft skill. If it's a soft skill. So don't really think it is, but it's labeled as such. It should be one of the foundational or the support columns for a business. It should be one of the pillars. Well, it's a it's a it's a hard element of servant leadership. It's a hard element in. I lost my thought. Sorry. <laughs> it, it's 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 a it's a hard hard element in the success of a company because it is a hard element in servant leadership, which right. we have talked quite a bit about being the the leading leadership style when it comes to understanding and treating your employees appropriately to get right. the results you want out of your company. It's a core element in the warrior versus fighter mentality for mm -hmm. your own life from that perspective. So it's it's a huge piece out in life and in the world and the business that's finally getting the attention that it deserves. Yes. And part of the reason why we wanted to do a whole episode on it. I don't know I don't know what else we can say about it other than get practicing. Right. <laughs> Hit the gym. <laughs> Hit the empathy gym, right? Yes. So, well, to our audience, we thank you again, as always, for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast, this episode has generated value in your life and really got those wheels turning about how you can take this, how you can take the skill of empathy, work on it, apply it in your business to grow your organization, grow your business. But also, as always... Do us a favor, hit that follow button that's spelled wrong. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> spelled like the word subscribe, but yes. we, we, we'd love for you to follow us on our journey with this podcast. And if it has generated value in your life, then tell others. Yeah. It's free. And um, don't, we don't charge anybody for this. No. So spread the word. Again, follow us, become part of the Generate Your Value tribe, help us just generate exponential amounts of value in the world to make the business culture in this world a better place. So, and if you want some help working on those skills, I'm readily available. You can find me at www.generateyourvalue.com and let's have a conversation about from how, how we can work on that 
that muscle for you? From personal experience, I can say Andy is one of the, if not the best at being a personal trainer in these areas. So well, I appreciate um, that. Of course. So with that all being said, same time next week, we'll be right back here. Yes, we will. And in the meantime, have a great day. Have a great week. Go out there and shine your light to the world, generate your value in this world. And we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.